And we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, support us any way that you can. Plus, also as well, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. And also as well, Thrive Fantasy. That's right. For your daily sports betting, you'd like to go ahead and pick the best players that are out there in each and every of these sports. Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, because week 14 is right around the corner. In fact, it's already started on Thursday. Plus, also as well, the PGA and eSports. Just head over to ThriveFantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy on the Google Play app or your Apple app as well. Just want to go ahead and pick that, the Apple App Store. So you want to go pick up that app, log in, make your first deposit. If your first deposit is above $20, what they will do with the promo code LFB, that's LFB at Thrive Fantasy, you go ahead, you start getting involved, you take a look, you like what you see, you throw down that first deposit, and if you use the code LFB, they will match up to $50 your first deposit as long as it's over $20. So let's say Laker Tom wants to get invested and pick a couple players for this weekend in the <laughs> NFL or in a not-too-distant future, the NBA coming right around the corner. He just goes ahead and makes that first deposit for over $20 up to $50, and they will match it dollar for dollar up to $50 right there for you just by using the code LFB. That's Thrive Fantasy. We truly appreciate them being now a partner with us here at the Lakers Fast Break, and we look forward to great things there. But I'll tell you what, my friend, there's a lot of great things to talk about today because the Lakers started off the preseason. The summer is over, even though it's winter. The break is now over. The championship, I guess the, the balloons have finally, they're all thrown away. All the, the confetti is gone and everything's cleaned up because, you know what, it's time now for another season because the preseason has started, and it started tonight with an 87-81 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers, although both teams did not play many of their stars. In fact, LeBron and AD did not play, and also as well, Kawhi and Paul George did not play very much for the Clippers. It was what you expect out of a preseason game. But here to talk about it with me today is a good friend indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, like I said, you really can't get too much of a read out of tonight. I know Paul George with a nice big fat wallet because he just got four years, $190 million. Is probably very happy sitting on the bench tonight. He only played a few minutes. LeBron and AD didn't play at all. We got a lot of Talon Horton Tucker. There's a lot of work there, in my opinion. But you know what? Like I said, a win's a win. We'll take it the preseason. We'll take it the regular season. We'll take it the postseason. A win's a win. And you know what? We'll take that for sure. It's one thing for sure. It's preseason, definitely. Oh, yeah. 87-81. Um, oh, yeah, yes. Both teams look. We're going to see a lot of this this year, I think, with the Lakers. Because I think, I think this is what the fourth quarter of a lot of games are going to look like. Because the Lakers just are such a deep team. I mean, the the five players that did not play would be one hell of a starting lineup. You know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Mark Gasol, Markeith Morris, and uh, 
and uh, KCP yeah. did not play at all. So you're you're taking away five of your probably top seven players, and 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 still they were able to to hang in there and beat the Clippers in a very sloppy game that that looked like a preseason game. Oh, and you got to also remember that there was things like first they started off with one one on one. Two versus two. They'd even just started getting around to five yeah. on five because of the restrictions that the coronavirus had to, you know, dictate as far as it's concerned, the restrictions and all that the NBA set out. But like I said, it, it was what you would expect out of a preseason game. Kyle Kuzma is looking like Kyle Kuzma. I mean, just uh, pretty much nothing there that he see you could see he was worked on so far. Which is kind of, uh, like I said, first game, we're going to go ahead and go from there. But Taylor Horton Tucker was the centerpiece for tonight. 37 minutes. Very inefficient shooting. I was kind of disappointed with his performance because of the fact that he's the one who should have been working on his game the most because he has a chance to really shine for the Lakers this year. But really inefficient shooting. Yes, 19 points. He did get nine rebounds, so that was a good start. He tried to initiate the offense a lot, but only got four assists. But he did get also three turnovers. Like I said, a very uneven performance. Une very uneven performance for him. Again, he is just barely being out of his rookie season. So we're going to have to go ahead and let him build upon that to see if anything gets better. I actually have a completely different opinion of uh, Taylor Horton Tucker than you do. Gerald and six for seventeen ain't good, my know, friend. Listen, um, I thought, but that then the again, it's preseason. You got to let know. it fly. Let me let me finish. You're always on THT so bad, and yet uh, he showed some things that that looked really good tonight. The one thing that he can do, he reminds me a lot of uh, Dion Waiters in that he can get to the basket, and he's very tricky and crafty when he, he gets is. there, and he can get scored, and he can get to the free throw line, and he made his free throws. He shot well. He's still a little skittish on defense, and he doesn't has a he hasn't learned the knack uh, as many of the good defenders do of how to get around a pick and 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 stay with his man and uh, and he he's a little bit of a deer and has a deer in the headlights look on it, but you can see from what he was showing tonight, you can see why Frank Vogel is very interested in him. It's interesting because one of the big topics on Lakerholics.com has been if THT keeps getting all of these praises from the coaches that he's going to get minutes. And that means the Lakers are going to an 11 man rotation because their first 10 rotation is, is awfully good. And then imagine how THT can break into that rotation. You have to really believe that the coaches are seeing a lot in this kid. He would have had the season started in his normal manner at his normal time. He would have still been a 19 year old kid instead of just turning 20. So I think he's got great potential. Um, I like I like what I see in his free throw shooting. Um, I'll give you that. He, he did played, good free throw I, shooting. You know, and you got to remember, this is the first game, and none of these guys really had the ability, had the time, especially the Lakers players, to really use that offseason the way that players normally do to advance their careers because you don't practice during the year when the season's going on. Essentially, they had and, six weeks. Yeah, and most of the development you get, most of the development you get is really in an off season. And the Lakers and young players like like Talon really got cheated out of that situation. So I'm I'm real happy with how he played tonight. There's and he's going to get minutes because he's very hard to stop and he's going to get to the line a lot. Some of the other players, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's hard to judge guys at the very start. And uh, Schroeder uh, Schroeder. 
had sort of a rough little game. He had a lot of turnovers. There was a lot of miscommunications with players as to, you know, guys thinking somebody was going to cut this way in passes that, that just weren't really made. A lot of fumbling of the ball and so forth. Oh, yeah, this wasn't uh, basketball at its prettiest. No, no. No, and it, it wasn't. And, and uh, you can imagine that we might see the first, you know, the first half a dozen games that we see in the regular season aren't going to resemble what we saw in the playoffs. But the other side of it is, is that when you think about the Lakers starting lineup, and I think that there's been enough indications from Frank Vogel that, that Dennis Schroeder is going to be the starting point guard. I don't think there's any question of that. And I still think KCP will be the starting shooting guard. And then you got LeBron and AD and Gasol as the rest of that lineup. But you've got some great passers in there. And that's, that's really what we didn't see in the lineups that we saw tonight from either team, which is much coherence of an offense, but running any sets, even the pick and rolls look pretty lousy. Fumbling of the ball that you get from guys who didn't look, everybody looked like they were out of condition, you know. And part of it is is just like you said earlier, you know, they've been playing two and two and three and three in practice instead of five on five. And all of a sudden you're out there in the court and, and, uh, and it's going to be a funny, it's going to be a funny situation. You know, we're going to get another one of these sort of weird environments, no fans. And then probably the most frustrating thing for me being in, in Northern California is I had to listen to the Clippers announcers the whole game, even though it was a Lakers home game, the television feed you could tell was coming from the Lakers. I had to listen to those idiots on the uh, talking about the Clippers all the time. Man, I swear to God, it's, uh, I can't wait till the regular season to beat these guys. I can't wait till the postseason. How about that? That's <laughs> there, well, I don't think that I think they're going to choke again. I put a tweet out today that there's a big difference between the challenge that the Lakers, this Lakers team, for example, one of the questions that we've been talking about on Lakerholics.com is. What does this team have to do to prove that they're one of the great Lakers teams? Well, the first thing you got to look at is look at the great Lakers teams that they've got to compare against. They have to climb a mountain. You know, they have to they have to go out there and win five championships, four more championships to be in the same conversation as as Magic, Kareem, and Worthy's uh, Showtime Lakers. Whereas the Clippers, all the Clippers have to do is not choke. And they may have the best Clippers team ever, so it's uh, you know it's it's an interesting thing. I thought Harold, I was really looking for Harold to be dunking on a few people, and he seemed a little bit off. Uh, the one thing I did like is that I thought he he looked pretty good at the free throw line, um, and that's I've always really felt there's a direct correlation between a player's ability to hit free throws and their ability to eventually become a good shooter and maybe even a good three point shooter. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was a little disappointing uh, because I hope to see more cohesiveness of the team. But that's because I'm always looking for the silver lining. And, and obviously, these guys haven't had enough time together. And so it's going to be an interesting season as we move along and to see how it goes. But I'll take the win. Anytime you can beat the Clippers, that's that's good. Um, I thought Paul George looked pretty good. Uh, oh, I would, know, too, been... after signing a $190 million contract. <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe they're going to trade him. You know, maybe they'll trade him at the trade deadline like they did Blake. Sign him and tell him he's going to be a clipper for life and then ship him off to Detroit, you know. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite 
because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. That's one thing I want to ask you. Okay, let's say it had been the other way around and the Clippers won and the Lakers didn't and the Lakers disappointed. Let's just put that scenario out there for a sec. And let's say uh, AD had been the one that banked off the side of the backboard and looked really horrible and was really affected in the bubble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we saw playoff P, a.k.a. Paul George, a.k.a. didn't get it done in the playoffs, did. And then you reward him with a four-year, $190 million contract. Would you have done or would you have honored the same thing for AD? Let's say that he had the same. Let's just say if it was the, if it was a role reversal per se. Would you have actually garnered the money? And, and I'm, the reason why I'm getting this is to basically say, do you think it was wise for the Clippers to go ahead and dish out four years, $190 million for Paul George? Sure, sure. I mean, I may be, I may be ripping on Paul and, and enjoying every minute of it during the offseason, but the guy's a hell of a bell player. He just happened to have a really, really bad playoff. And, you know, and he's had a little bit of history of of having some mental problems in, in the tough situations. And obviously, you know, the, the mental part of the game got to him and, and he choked in the playoffs. Um, and so did Kawhi. You know, the, the interesting thing I've always thought is, what if that ball that Kawhi had shot from the corner to beat the 76ers that had bounced five or six times before it went in, what if it didn't go in? The whole perception of Kawhi Leonard as, as such a great player today uh, might be totally different. So, uh, no, listen, that was a smart move by the Clippers because the last thing they want is to lose these two guys after all of it, and especially George. They gave George basically a better – they gave a better deal to OKC – to get Paul George than the Lakers did to the Pelicans. Well, that was to essentially get to get Davis. both of them. Essentially, that was to get both him and Kawhi, in yep. essence. Yeah, well, one way or another, just because that was going to recruit Kawhi, that's one thing. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is they gave more than we gave to get AD. Yes. Uh, and so the, the smart move for sure was to, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I, I've enjoyed every minute of, of the, the offseason and the humiliation of Paul George. And his comments about, I owe the Clippers a trophy, and I'm, I've got the same trainer as I had in my MVP season. And it's all Doc Rivers' fault. Finished third in the MVP voting. That was the closest he ever got to an MVP. It's a Doc so Rivers' fault, et cetera, et cetera. From Paul George is, you know, I mean, he's a hell of a player. But Doc um, Rivers' fault, I remember he was he talking about that. The court. He's got great moves, great handle, great three-point shooter. Um, just needs to... He just need, you know, maybe it, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's teams like the Clippers when you go to them, <laughs> you become a Clipper. You know, what else can I say? Um, it's Paul George and, and, and Kawhi Leonard, they were great players before they got to the Clippers. I really kind of am sad that Paul George threw Doc Rivers under the bus for his own poor mm-hmm. performance and, you know, I said he, oh, the offense wasn't set for him and I wasn't doing pick and rolls when in essence uh, it was pointed yeah. out by Kevin O'Connor. He was doing a lot of pick and rolls. And yeah, it just, like I said, it, it seems like a lot of spilt milk at this time, but I'm very wary well, of the it, Clippers it, team. It kind of shows, it kind of shows the lack of mental toughness that the guy has. Well, and I, again, I, 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 I want paper. And, 
and you're in a serious situation like you were in a bubble, uh, he couldn't handle it. And I, you know, and, and it's kind of funny when I look at the whole Clippers team and listening to the Clippers announcers trying to justify how they came up better this offseason because of the moves they made. You know, I mean, I love that whole thing about Trez that uh, uh, one of the scouts said basically that um, the Clippers weren't going to pay him 70 or 80 million, but they sure were hoping that he could uh, do a sign and trade for him if somebody else was willing to do that. And then the Lakers swooped in and signed him with, with the MLE for two years and took him away. Uh, and they got they got Matthews from Milwaukee. Um, those are the kinds of moves that, that GMs dream of, you know? Not only do you improve your team, but you hurt the other team. You hurt a competitor. You're major two competitors. Um, so, you know, but it, it was a smart move to sign Paul, and he's a, he's a good player. He'll just have to somehow be able to to overcome the curse of the Clippers. Well, for right now, like I said, on paper, they're a very good team that can match up. And I don't think the chasm is as far as I've said, as far as the Lakers being number one, because the Lakers are number one, but they are, they're one injury way or also as well, just, uh, you know, maybe some bad luck or something bad trending for the rest of the league to catch up. I don't think that chasm is as far as everyone is saying right now, but I do think, that they are the number one team heading into the season, but the Clippers are not too far behind on paper. I think they have a very solid team and Clipper fans should again be very enthused for their for them, even though they didn't prove it tonight. In fact, the Lakers, they didn't even prove it tonight. It really was just an ugly game all, ar- all the way That's around. Preseason game doesn't yeah, really it's matter. a preseason game. So they're going to be playing again on Sunday and we're going to be following up on that. THT, again, it's going to be a work in progress, patience. Uh, if, Though the only thing you used to keep on saying with Dion Waiters, when you were twenty years old, yeah, but Dion De- Waiters, the only Dion Waiters thing I would say to you is, is, yes, he can drive really nice, and obviously his free throw shooting was immaculate, and so give him props and nine rebounds is obviously a very good game as well from that end. But I will say, Dion Waiters improved his three point shooting to the point where he was actually in the high thirties. That really made the game a lot easier for him. If it's going to be the case where THT never improves from the outside, it's going to be a lot harder for him. I'm just going to say that right there. It's going to be a lot harder for his game because defenses will be more prepared if he plays more time on the team. They're going to understand that this guy can't hit an outside shot. And you know when you have players, like for instance when Rondo. What did he shoot from three tonight? One for four. One for four? 25%, 25%, my friend, 25%. But again, it's just, uh, he's a young player. Right. Are, you know, I mean, I'm not afraid of that because of the free throw shooting. Well, uh, ter- I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about them, about him adjusting defensively because he has, he's got a 7-1 reach and, yes, and hands and I like that. slightly smaller than, than Kawhi. So he has the tools to be an elite defender. He does. And I haven't seen that from him yet. That's, that's were- where I... That's where I'm disappointed with his play. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. Like you said, I think the best words were kind of skittish. But again, he mm-hmm. is young, so we're going to go ahead and right. be patient with him. But he is going to get a lot of minutes in the preseason, so people have got to be prepared. Terry Bogart said, go Lakers. Go Lakers indeed. We really are happy, once again, that they are back playing. Like I said, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but they did come out with a victory, 87-81. But before we head on out, my friend, because this was just a quick little recap of the game and we will be back on sunday night after the game our usual sunday roundtable is being moved back to a post-game report because sunday's game which starts at 5 30 pacific just to let everybody know out there 
Want to give everybody a reminder. I think that's on ESPN as well. Want to go right. ahead and tell everybody out there that we will be on after the game. So please join us for that. We hope you will. I wanted to go ahead and mention this. DeMarcus Cousins, who both you and I, me more a little bit more than you, had really wanted to go ahead and see him uh, end up back on the Lakers. Had a good game tonight. Had a, had a, actually a very good game with some signs of, not okay, not the all-star Cousins, but him and Wall actually looked pretty good tonight. So I want to hear your final thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins. I hope for him for the best. He's, it's just been so hard for him to come back, and I know working out with the Lakers last year really helped his game until he got injured again. So I want to hear your thoughts on DeMarcus Cousins and a prospect of him coming back to any semblance of what he was before. Well, I'm sure I'm sure rooting for Boogie. Um, I am too. I, I'd have to I'd have to say that I was as big a fan, and and in fact, I was actually counting on on. I felt a lot of the Lakers' early season moves, uh, early off season moves, were were because they thought they had Boogie in in the bag, you know, um, based upon the loyalty that the team had had toward him during the during the last year and sticking with him on the injury, keeping him on the active roster. So I wish nothing but nothing for the best of him. I wish he was a Laker. As do I. I have. To, I, I guess I have a difference of opinion. You know, uh, notwithstanding anything we saw tonight, but I think the Lakers. I, I saw the Ringer had done a, a basic where they created the tiers of the different teams in the NBA, and there's only one team in the top tier: the Lakers. Whereas last year there were three teams oh, in the I didn't top say, tier. I said they were the top the, team. The Lakers, have, the Lakers have stretched their lead out, I think, very dramatically. So I'm, I, I differ with you on that. We'll see who's right as we go through the season. Because I think the Lakers stand all alone by themselves, way far beyond the second tier. And I actually like the way that the ringer looked at it. They've got like six teams in the I hope second you, tier. See, I don't want you to say that because then again, we all heard this last year about the Clippers. We heard this last year about the Bucks, and you saw what happened to those two. I don't like when people say that because, again, you are one injury away from, well, from coming back to the rest well, of the Yeah, planet. sure. Yeah, if, they, if Kawhi gets injured, so are they. If, if every single team that is a contender cannot afford to lose their best player. I just, I just don't like simple. when I hear that that there's this huge chasm because in actuality... Yeah, could, you're, you're always looking at the glass half empty. And you're always and looking at the glass half only, full. I'm always looking at it half full. Yes. Plus, there's going to be a lot more load management this year from the that's Lakers. What, and that's something I want, and, we and talked about last the team, year. The additional scoring that we have, um, I think that's really going to set us apart. I mean, when we see the real team go out there, I mean, they, they didn't play five of their seven players. And those players are are veteran players who played together last year, with the exception of Gasol. Um, so you know, I, I think the Lakers are have clearly clearly had, or of the contenders, the best off season. And I think they've set themselves far apart from the Clippers and the Bucks. I think the Clippers and the Bucks both got both got hurt, and actually the Lakers took key players from each one of them. Um, and so they struggled even just to stay slightly better. I think that getting Ibaka finally moved the Clippers back up so that they were a little bit better than last year. But the Lakers got a lot better. And I think we're going to see that as the season goes on. On the Rockets, it's a kind of interesting thing because I'm I'm one of those people who think that the Rockets might be in a pretty good situation. And that's hard to, for anybody to imagine since you've got their star player, James Harden, basically 
begging and, and doing everything he can to make them trade him. But I, I like what they did. I like the fact that they signed uh, they they signed the guy that you are the big Christian Wood. That's Christian right. Wood Christian supporter, Wood, you know. I think Wood is going to be a real star for them, and they they got Wood, and and then they're just thin, uh, man. They're just thin. Their bench they're is thin, thin. They're thin, but they're going to get a load from Harden when they yeah. trade him. They're going to get a they're going to get a hell of a package from somebody. But it all depends James when Harden. they trade him. If they trade him when now or at the trading him. deadline, so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I like the Rockets, but again, that's yeah, all. They're, they're going to be they're going to be in a better situation than people really. People be. are down on the Rockets right now, and I agree with you. I think the Rockets will be a little bit better off. But again, the Lakers right now, for both of us, we both think they're number one. You think they're a stronger number one than I think there are right now. It simply I think they're number fact... one, and the next team closest to them is number three. Well, okay. But think, again, <laughs> I think there's also going to be a lot of load management. A lot of things that I had said was going to take place last year as regards to giving them the rest, AD, LeBron, talking to rest. That's now a now conversation that they're having on the table that they eh, could have had last year, but it worked out okay. I'll take the championship. Thank you. They're not going to need it this year because they got a whole bunch of guys. That they can they can play. They, you know, it's kind of funny. I think that one of the things in the rotation that's interesting is everybody in the – last year we basically made sure that we staggered LeBron and AD so that we had a superstar on the floor all the time. I'm one of the few people when I work my rotations out that I don't think that they're going to stagger them that much this year. Well, you don't I have to. You, you know, I think if you, you're going to see a lot of times when both of those guys are sitting on the bench. Yeah, if you have Schroeder and you have also as well Harold working a pick and roll, that can get you a constant source of, of points and constant yep. source of offense that you wouldn't normally have, that they didn't normally have last year when yeah. AD was by himself. Yeah, they don't need, see, they don't need to have one of them on the floor all the time. And I, and I think that makes it easier because we're going to see them when they close. And I think we're going to see AD at center when we close. I don't think you I'm have all, a choice. I love what I'm hearing from from Vogel. He, he's really high on, on Schroeder and he's really high on the speed that Schroeder brings to the team and the passing ability of Gasol, you know, that's going to really, the, the passing ability and the, and, and the ability to stretch the floor. These are things that uh, I've been screaming for, for the Lakers for years. And, and Frank Vogel, who's a rim protector first and foremost, before anything else, he wants a big man to defend the rim. And he went away from that this year, because I don't have a doubt that he was involved in all of the decisions that Palenka made just like LeBron and AD were. And and the Lakers really are going to transform their, their starting offense is going to be transformed by this whole thing. And, and they're so deep now that the second team is going to be so much better. So that's why I'm very confident that they're going to, they're going to stretch, they've stretched their lead out. And normally that could be a danger sign because you think a team could get overconfident and so forth. But LeBron James is in the stretch run of his career and he's not going to let the team make any of those types of mistakes of being overconfident. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. 
So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Speaking of Gasol, and we'll head out with this, and then we'll catch up with you and what you're doing at Lakerholics.com, but I'll give you one last thing to chew on before we head on out, and that is, speaking of Gasol, his brother. Which one? <laughs> yeah, his yeah. brother. I'm talking about Marc Gasol's brother, Pau Gasol. Remember him? Former Laker champion, wants to come back for one final run with the Lakers. You thought, well, hold on. It's obviously the fact that probably not going to be getting Dwayne Dedman, which you and I had actually Right. asked and begged to give a look at Have you ever, did you talk to uh Raphael no Raphael's well, been busy man that's all I'll say on air okay. right now but I will next time I, I get a chance but he has been very busy working on a lot of stuff and I'm very happy for his success but I will go ahead before we head on out and uh, and say you know what why not I just think anything's better than Jared Dudley right now so yeah go ahead and put <laughs> Pau Gasol on there yeah, yeah, yeah you know Gerald how can you denigrate the best 14th man in the league Really? I mean, oh. that was he was actually the sixth guy who didn't play tonight that was a very valuable guy. You know, I'll tell you to do this. You actually go said very the, valuable. Go that to, was pretty good. Go, go to NBA.com and look at the Lakers roster last year. Go to the, the advanced player stats, and you're going to see, and then look at, look at the traditional stats, and you're going to see that he's one of the top three-point shooters on the team. He's one of the best defensive ratings on the team. And this is all in addition to being a coach on the floor and a mentor in the bench for all of those players. You have to get rid of your personal prejudices to understand that there's a reason why Jared Dudley was brought back on this team. Again, I would go, like I said, a little bit more in the talent range. Pau Gasol, I would probably take over Jared Dudley. I know a Cook yeah. is probably the one that would probably have to go first, but unfortunately, he's got a like non-guaranteed contract, which is kind of a yeah. He's as I said, I would think I was the first one that brought up the whole subject that that he's the placeholder for Trevor Ariza. Yeah, and that's you talked about that as well, Trevor Ariza or Pau Gasol. I like to see them back on the team, but again, that's uh, neither here nor there because they're wings at the end of the bench, and in case of Pau Gasol. I don't know how much he could actually give you at this point in time, but we'll wait and see. Maybe a 10-day contract. And we'll see what happens. Or, or one day to go ahead and say thank you for everything you've done and, and that be the end of it. But again, he's not even going to get a standing ovation because there's no crowds. So really, <laughs> where can you go well, from there? You don't stand and clap at home? I do. I did when the Lakers won the championship. I'll say that for sure. But before we had, oh, I usually stand up and yell for, and I won't, <laughs> and it's not cheering usually time. Usually I'm yeah, jumping. Yeah, and I'm, my neighbor complained the yes, other day. Yes, I'm usually, I'm usually jumping high in the air or I'm screaming at a ref. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and tell you there's a lot of great things out there that you need to be checking out when it comes to Lakerholics.com, including all the dozens and dozens of articles that Laker Tom will have coming at you over the next few weeks. What exactly are you working on right now at Lakerholics.com? Yeah, I've actually got an article that'll be out probably on Sunday, and I'm talking about uh, the transformation of the Lakers' offense. And uh, and the two people that I'm obviously going to be talking about are Dennis Schroeder, whom I'm convinced is going to be the starting point guard, and Mark Gasol, who's going to totally transform the center position. I've already written about how the Lakers dumped their traditional centers and have finally embraced a modern you know, a modern uh, center who's very much in the mold of uh, of uh, Nikola Jokic. In the case of Marc Gasol, he's an elite passer. He's uh, solid defensively underneath, has a big body, is a good position defender, 
very high basketball IQ, and he can shoot from distance. And that's going to make such a difference for the Lakers offense because they can really go out there. And the only time we've been able to play five out in the past has been when we put uh, AD at center. We're going now going to be able to play five out for not just one half of the game or or 40% of the game like we have in the past. We're going to be able to do it for 65 70% of the game because when AD is at center or when uh, Mark is at center, we're going to be able to stretch the floor with five three-point shooters out there. And that's going to open things up for LeBron James like nothing else in the past. So that's the article I've got coming. And uh, it's going to be an interesting season. I'm excited about it. And I think the Lakers are going to win their 18th championship this year. For the first lousy preseason game, I'm predicting the Lakers will win their 18th championship. Well, they certainly are the favorites right now, and as well they should be because they do have a, a loaded lineup coming at you. Again, it's Laker Tom. you got to go ahead and check out everything that he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. Plus, check out the articles, like five great things from Jamie Sweet and also as well the great articles that Sean Grice, who I'm glad to say after our last recording together, is feeling a lot better. That's all I'll say. Next time we're around, I want to go ahead and talk about some things during the course of that taping that I wanted to point out, especially for him, that will give him a good laugh. But before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and mention our new friends at ThriveFantasy.com. You want to go ahead and give them a try. It's daily sports betting. You get to pick on all the top players from each of these sports, NBA, NFL, PGA, MLB, and also eSports. So go ahead and take it up today. Make sure you go to www.thrivefantasy.com to make sure you can play in your state because certain states can't, certain states can. But if you do sign up or you download the app, either on the App Store or the Play Store, you can go ahead, download the app, and with your first deposit, they'll match it up to $50 as long as your first deposit is over $20. Just type in this code, LFB. At Thrive Fantasy, you'll be glad you did. Be part of the action in daily fantasy sports betting at Thrive Fantasy. All right, Laker Tom, it's been great having you on again. The Lakers season has not started as of yet, but preseason is here. The first game is in the books with an 87-81 victory over the Clippers. Undefeated. Well, let's see how long that goes. They never have good preseasons, so they just going through the motions. You and I both well, know that. Might, this might be the first time we go 4-0. Well, if it's a precursor for bad things, that <laughs> won't be good. But let's hope it's a precursor for something great, as you and I hope that it will be, as you and I think that it will be. It looks like another championship season could be in the offering. So I'm going to tell you right now, it looks real good for the Lakers, and they start off today with a victory over the Clippers. Looking forward to more great things. And we'll be back on Sunday after the game. Be with us live, LakerAlex.com, Lakers Fast Break on YouTube, Lakers Fast Break on Facebook Live. Be with us or check us out each and every time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>